Welcome in to the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. We have two exciting interviews on this episode. To lead off, we will have head coach of the Southern Miss Lady Eagles, Joy Lee McNellis. Her basketball team has won three in a row. They're 14 and seven on the year, six and four in conference play, and they are in the middle of the home stretch of Conference USA basketball. It's good to get a chance to catch up with Coach Lee McNellis. And then batting in the two spot tonight, head coach of the Pearl River Community College Wildcats, Michael Avalon, as they're getting ready to get set for the 2022 baseball season. They will get started uh, this Wednesday. And so sit back and enjoy these two interviews. And we appreciate you, as always, for listening to the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. With fall and cooler weather just around the corner, there's no better time to head out to Brothers in Arms. It's Hattiesburg's premier outdoor gun range. It is located at 4657 Highway 49 South. Whether you're a new shooter or an experienced one, all are invited to shoot on the safe and family-oriented range. Go check them out and inquire about their annual memberships, hourly rates, as well as their training classes they offer. Once again, that's Brothers in Arms Outdoor Range at 4657 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And remember, always keep your sights pointed downrange. Coach McNellis, we appreciate you taking time for the podcast, especially on game day. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Dwight. Coach, y'all are rolling. Have won three conference games in a row. Have gotten y'all's record out to 14-7. and seven. Tell our listeners what you like about this team and the way they've been playing of late. You know, I, number one, we have played more consistent. And I say that if we play today. Uh, that kind of makes me a little concerned. <laughs> but our level of consistency has has as much improved meaning we're not like when we played at north texas before we beat rice and and now i've won several straight you know it was we had a lot of empty possessions meaning we didn't get defensive stops we didn't get scores and we were going like 12 total possessions and getting nothing uh i do think we have improved in that aspect and we've talked about it a lot we've watched it a lot of what happens in those situations so we our level of consistency of having empty pos- or not having empty possessions is a key. The the biggest thing is is I think our post play when we can keep Malia Grayson or Kelsey Jones on the floor without foul trouble. That's the game changer. To be very honest with you, Clay, because when they're on the floor, it they have to draw so much attention. It gives our perimeter game a lot of opportunities to be able to score and do things for us. And I think we've been able to see that more and more as Malia scored 30 the other night, had had a double-double and ended up being player of the week in Conference USA. How cool is it, Coach Malia, as you mentioned, going for that big total at home, a local kid? How neat is that to see as part of the program? It's cool. I mean, she talks about being Hattiesburg built all the time. I talk about her being the hometown hero of how she can impact this community in such a great way. And that's why she chose to come to Southern Miss, to stay at home so that people from 
her neighborhood, from her school system, and other people in the Hattiesburg community can see that big dreams can come true. And that's what Malia has really done for this community. Big dreams, little girls with big dreams, little boys with big dreams. It can come true. Really cool stuff. When you pair that post play that you've camped out on there, Coach, with the guard play, in particular, Dom Davis, and the way that she's been able to play 12 straight games with double-digit point total. We mentioned Grayson going for 30-plus. She has the ability to also do that. And so when you're trying to guard the Lady Eagles, that can create quite the conflict. It is. Dominique Davis is no doubt our best and most consistent player on her floor. Uh, she has a lot of tricks in her bag. You know, she hit the game winner against FIU coming off of a high ball screen. Um, she's a young lady that really and truly loves to compete game time, loves to compete uh, and always wants to. And when she makes a mistake, she is truly the quickest player that's going to turn to the bench and say my fault. So she accepts some responsibility for that. And I think that's what makes her special is she knows the good, the bad and the ugly for her. And she's willing to take that ownership. And I will tell you, she, seldom is she going to make two mistakes in a row because within herself, she wants to achieve greatness. So good with the basketball, a lot of fun uh, to watch. She, a lot of she, tricks back. Yeah, she's a, a mess to try and stay in front of. Not many defenders have been able to do that throughout the year. Coach, when we look at the defensive side of things, and, and I'll throw rebounding in on that, although it takes place on both sides, but y'all have out-rebounded your opponents on the season, and then you're also holding your opponents uh, to 28% from beyond the arc. The game, as you know, has gone so far out and beyond the arc. So defending that three, very important. Those have been two keys to y'all getting to this 14-7 and seven start. You're exactly right. I mean, we've done – it makes me nervous saying this today on game day. <laughs> uh, you know, we, um, we have defended the three ball fairly well. We have crashed the boards. We have controlled the boards. And I just think that with the three ball – that has been a game changer for all of us, men and women's basketball, that I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of shots taken from that three-point range. So you've got to box out deep. You know, years ago, post players, all they had to do is box on the block. Well, that's not the case anymore because usually those rebounds from three-point range are going to come long. So you've got to find somebody, and usually there's one post player that's always on the perimeter that is going to crash. you got to go find. But I do think the three-point line, particularly even in tonight's game, I mean, they going to shoot it up. they going to shoot it up. All their post players are shooting. So we've got to contest it, and we've got to be able to board it. And that's what I've told them. we got to box, board, and run. Box, board, and run. we got to go get it. And, again, I do think that has been a key for us. Games that have been close, for example, the FIU game, the game we lost against North Texas, we did a very poor job in both of those areas. You've got to be able to do that if you're going to win. Coach, y'all are 6-4 and four in conference play, and here we're basically in, in the home stretch, if you will, of this conference. And right where you really need to be at this point, what needs to go well for the Lady Eagles down the stretch and, and to really set yourself up nice for postseason play? 
I think the biggest key is to continue to improve our consistency. Um, you know, for example, the night against FAU, I mean, we had 21 baskets. I mean, 21 assists to 28 baskets. A lot of people touched the ball. A lot of people touched the ball. We got the ball inside. We shared the ball very well. And again, we were just very consistent and getting touches, we call it click, where you make the extra pass. I think we continue to have to work on that to be able to maintain a level of consistency um, so that we our, limit, our empty possessions are very minimal. Then I think, again, defensively, and I'm a, a defense rebound person, I think you've got to defend. You have to lock in and defend. In our league, I think the biggest key is you got to keep opponents in front of you. You got to keep them in front. We have some teams in our league that can really slash and dash to the rim, and we cannot allow that to happen. We must keep them in front, be able to contest that three ball, and that's got to become a mainstay for us. Um, I truly believe that defense and rebounding wins championships, and that's what we've got to continue. We can't have any slippage. Cannot have slippage in those two areas because, to me, that's guts. That's heart and soul, and that's how we're going to win is with that thought process. Coach, how fun has this year been for you? You started the year with your 500th win, or at the beginning of the year, we're able to get that. You've had good health news along the way. How fun has this year been as the head ball coach for the Lady Eagles? You know, it's it's been a fun year. I will say that. It's been a fun year. It's been a very rewarding year. And this is why, okay? couple of things is our players have continued to work hard every day in practice. We've had very few practices where they, I can tell you, it's been a bad practice. Um, that the players, you know, and all coaches, it, it's the players that make it all happen. We can come up with all the strategies, but they have to go make the plays. And we've had players that has really bought in to having to make a play to having to make the shot, to get the key rebound. And it's been fun to watch their growth. Our four seniors and Fess Hawkins, Deja Almond, Destiny Smith, and Kelsey Jones. You know, this is their last round. I mean, we're, we've got five games left, including tonight. We um, are four games left, home games left. And, you know, they've got to be able to step up and play. And so that's been fun watching them take ownership. It's like Destiny Smith said today, Coach, I'm going to get that double-double today. I'm going to mm -hmm. get that double-double. So, again, I think they have led and they have had meaning behind every practice and every game to improve their game. Now, no doubt, Dom Davis has been a major key in making big plays. She's big play Dom is what I would call her. Um, she's been able to get big steals. She's got big rebounds. She's made big plays. And it's been fun to have her on the floor because you have to have a go-to man. You have to. And she has truly uh, become our go-to go -to man. And if I read it right, preparing, Coach, she was a late ad, of course, a transfer portal, but she was one of the last pieces of the puzzle to this club. Is that right? She was. She was. And, you know, we were very fortunate that we had that open scholarship. And we recruited Dom out of high school. Dom came to our basketball camps. And I felt like soon as Coach Mulkey took over that position, Dom and her would not be suited for each other they just would not um and i kept telling my staff we got to keep watching if dom davis goes in the portal we got to jump on it we got to jump on it and so she went she actually 
The decision to part ways was on a Monday. She didn't go in the portal till Wednesday. I didn't know that on Monday, obviously. I didn't know she popped in the portal at 8 o'clock on that Wednesday morning. And as soon as she popped in, Coach Jack Trosper came running down. Hey, your girl's in the portal. Your <laughs> wow. girl's in the portal. And I immediately picked up the phone and called her dad. I still had her dad, Nate, in my phone. Then I picked up the phone. Then I, as soon as I hung up with him, I called Doc. So I was their first call. And again, we had to work a little bit to get her. It wasn't easy, but very thankful that she had been in our camps because that was her mom's memory of mm. Southern Miss was the camps. And she thought that we had done a great job and just really, her mom didn't even remember the name of the school. I'll be honest with you. Her mom told her dad, we've got to call that nice lady <laughs> at in Mississippi that's close to Camp Shelby because they had been to Camp Shelby. So her mom didn't even remember the name of the school. And so we were very, very fortunate to be able to get her. And she's truly a game changer. Coach, when you look at your relationship with le legendary coach J Kay James, and, and I know that she provides color commentary with my buddy Jason Baker on y'all's radio uh, calls, but her being close to the program still, what she means to, to those young student athletes on your team and then y'all's relationship, just being able to plug in and fill in for one ball game. I got the vibe that she was so locked into what's going on with y'all's day-to-day operation. It was pretty cool. You know, Coach James is no doubt a legend. Um, I owe everything to Coach James. She gave me my opportunity to live my dream of playing college basketball here at Southern Miss. And I will tell you, I was that player that always wanted to play and never come off the floor. And our disagreements the most that we had is because I had to sub out of a game. <laughs> and she laughs about it all the time. And uh, we had a great relationship as a player and a coach. And so when I came back, she was the first call I made. I said, Coach, you've got to come back to the program. You're very important to the program. You are the program here at Southern Miss. And I want you to be a part of me again at this program. And she has totally been so involved um, and has done a tremendous job. And it's just cool to be able to have such a legend to be around our players and know the many banners that she's been a part of hanging here at Reed Green. Uh, again, Coach James is an awesome, awesome young uh, young lady, lady that has given herself so much to so many of us. And again, I'm very grateful that she's able to be a part of Lady Eagle basketball still today. Coach, thank you so much for letting me steal some time, as we've mentioned a couple times on game day. Continued success, and I hope the Lady Eagles stay hot. So thank you, Coach. Thank you. Got to get this one tonight. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Johnson Farms and Meat Market. Where can you find a full-service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef? From Mississippi farm-raised corn-fed cattle? Why, that would be Johnson Farms and Meat Market in Picayune. Shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North Hall in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. We're now joined by the head baseball coach of the Pearl River Community College Wildcats, Michael Avalon. Coach Abby, thanks for taking time for the show. Man, love being here. Appreciate you having me. Looking forward to it. Coach, um, you come off a great year last year. You go 36-9, and nine. Um, not the ending that you wanted. And let's just talk about that, the regular season, 
um, the play that your guys uh, perform for you, and then to the end to the season and how that carries over as you prepare for this 2022 year. Right. You know, one of the things that you got to be careful as a coach and make sure you do a good job. And I learned a lot over this last year about this. It's just be, you know, you got to, uh, you know, make sure your guys understand their successes and, and, and failure. And, uh, one of the last things that I want the team from last year to take from last year is any sense of, of failure, uh, because of the, you know, really it was a tremendous year. It was, a uh, you know, we won a, you know, another conference championship. Uh, we were, uh, 36 and eight or 36 and nine, whatever we were. And, uh, that's, that right there is, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that would love to have that seat. Um, you know, on top of that, we, we did enough to host the regional, uh, we hosted the regional. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't finish, um, quote unquote, as we wanted to, but, uh, you know, the regional is a tough thing to win. It's, it's, it's not easy. And, and, uh, you know, I know our guys, um, you know, we gave it all we had and, and I was proud of that. We just came up on the short end of it. But again, this year, that's going to be our goal is to, is to get back to the world series and win the world series. That's, that's the only way we know how to operate. Uh, is that they're playing at the end of the year for a World Series title, and that's what we want. So, uh, you know, I guess when you have those expectations and goals, and, you know, there's a lot of teams across the country that are going to be upset if that if that doesn't happen. And that's just, I mean, that's the beauty of baseball and sports. Um, but, uh, you know, I definitely want those guys from last year to realize all the, uh, you know, we had three All-Americans last year. You know, we had, you know, four or five guys that made the all-conference team. Uh, we had several academic All-Americans. So all the accolades that we had last year with uh, the team, there's, you know, they were nothing but successful. Uh, and that's what we want to make sure as coaches. You know, sometimes it's, it was hard to put that into perspective during, the, during that actual time because obviously you didn't win your last game that you played. But uh, that's part of, you know, maturing as a coach, and I want to make sure those guys understand what a great year they did have. Coach, and you've got the blessing, really, when you look at a team like you had last year, you're not going to have a lot of pieces uh, back most of the time in a, in a junior college system, community college system, but you've got some of those pieces back. How special is that to have um, not only a great recruiting class coming in, but you've got some big-time players from last year's club coming back? Right, and you know everybody asks every year, well, how much are you going to lose? And in every junior college season, you're going to lose fifty percent of your team. Um, sometimes you luck up and you don't lose uh, maybe the most uh, impact players. Uh, you know, we lost some really good players from last year: Graham Crawford, Bond Siebert, Dalton Cummins, uh, and there's you know I'm sure you know uh, Landon Gartman on the mound, and there's you know several others uh, that we lost. That was just a few that come to mind. So we lost some impact pieces. But we also returned several guys, and I think that speaks to our depth that we have uh, and that we work hard in the recruiting process to make sure that, um, you know, we we do keep. Um, and so we returned uh, Matt Mercer behind the plate, who, um, you know, had a lot of experience last year. Uh, he also played a little outfield, but he'll play more, uh, you know, behind the dish this year for us. Um, we returned D.K. Donaldson at first base, who, you know, Vaughn got hurt a couple times last year, and he jumped in there and did a good job, and that experience will be invaluable this year. Um, Taylor Woodcock returns at second base. Um, John Griffin Bell uh, returns at shortstop. And those two in the middle are special to watch. Uh, they're big-time players, very, very good defensively. Uh, we'll have a new guy in Preston Soper and Alex Perry at third base, uh, which, which we expect big things from them. 
Uh, got a big piece that returned in, in uh, center field and Tate Parker, who was the conference player of the year and an All-American last year. And uh, so far early this spring, he's been Tate Parker. And so, uh, you know, you look at Tate Parker, uh, Bell, Woodcock, and Mercer up the middle. Anytime you can do that in baseball, uh, be strong in the middle of the dime, and that gives you a chance to be uh, uh, pretty special, especially defensively. And that's something that obviously helps you win championships. And, uh, and then on the mound, we return – uh, you know, four, you know, our starters, our four starters starting the year should be four returning guys. And, uh, uh, Sam Hill, Turner Swistak, Blaise Moore, and Dakota Lee all have signed with Division One. And so, uh, we've got a lot of ability and talent there. Uh, and that's, that's good. But one thing we've talked to these guys about, all that sounds, sounds great and it, it looks great on paper. But, uh, come Wednesday and, uh, you know, the rest of the game moving forward. Um, that doesn't mean much. We got to go out there and prove it. We got to go out there and stay humble to do it again. Coach, the decision by Trey, uh, by Tate Parker to come back, and and the rumors kind of got out that he was coming back. I'm sure the coaches around the league just had to drop their head. But getting somebody like that back, and then um, you mentioned your shortstop, smooth fielder, uh, and Bell, and the way that he plays, man, that's some pivotal pieces right up the middle where you want to be strong. Absolutely. You know, the, the, um, you know, the toughest position, uh, well, I guess there's two really tough positions, in my opinion, to play, uh, from a defensive perspective in, in baseball. That's going to be your shortstop and your catcher. Um, but, you know, I, I, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. I don't know that I'll ever coach a better defender than John Griffin Bell. Uh, he can just, man, it's just the balls. I mean, you want the ball hit to him, uh, because you know he's going to take care of it. And um, uh, and then also with Matt back there, you know, he played well at times last year. And, you know, Graham was really, really good behind the plate. Uh, but Mercer wasn't bad. And so we, you know, he's even stepped it up a little bit this year. And, and so that's, uh, you know, a good core. And then you mentioned Tate Parker, who's very good defensively also. But, um, you know, I guess one of the tough things in the lineup is, re- you know, replacing that three-hole hitter, that, 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 that best hitter that you have. Uh, and we luckily get him back this year. We're excited about him coming back. Um, you know, he, he, he actually stepped away from the game. You know, he's had a career change in what he's doing as far as after baseball. And that's one of the reasons he came back. Um, you know, he's been in our lineman program on campus and, you know, that's kind of the career he's going to go. He, you know, he hopes that he waits a little while to do that. He gets mm-hmm. a chance to play professional baseball after the year. But, um, you know, because of that, just some things worked out to where he was able, uh, to return from, you know, from us. But he also stepped away from the game a little bit. And I think one of the things that was special to hear him say when he got back was how much he missed it. It was only mm-hmm. a semester. Um, but he thought, uh, he had kind of closed that chapter in his life and, uh, and so now that he's playing, I've seen just a little difference in him and, you know, just the appreciation for the game. He's always been a hard worker, but, uh, you know, right now he just appreciates the fact he gets to go out and, you know, play the game of baseball again. Coach, I want to hear more about Mercer and his ability. I mean, arguably Pearl River Community College and, and what has been established there, one of the best programs in all of junior college baseball. And for this guy to have the ability to play some in the outfield and then some at catcher and become a primary catcher this year. What kind of athlete must he be to be able to kind of float between the two? That, that's, we're not talking about him doing this in Little League or junior high baseball, man. That's, that's a mouthful what you've kind of said about him already. Right. He's, uh, you know, the only one I know how to describe it, he's just a freakish talent. He's a freakish body. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", 200, probably 10, 15 pounds. Um, he runs a, 
you know, a six six. We've had him that low, you know, on the sixty. Um, you know, he's got a really strong arm. He's physical, strong, um, and so that's obviously he's been blessed with that. He'll tell you that. But the other thing he's been blessed with is he comes from a big family that that taught him how to work hard, and uh, that kid works hard, extremely hard. Um, you know, he he's never asked or questioned why he does something. Honestly, I could see him. After his time here, I could see him moving more out to the outfield or right fielder just because he's kind of got that uh, prototypical body out there and, you know, a really strong arm, can run well. Um, you know, as big as he is, it's probably going to be easier on his body, uh, you know, just to maintain that strength and, you know, go play in the outfield. But, um, you know, it, it, you know, there were times last year just watching Graham, we were so blessed to have him and lucky that he's was such a good defender and then you know Mercer wasn't wasn't far behind him but sometimes as a coach you know you've got it really good with this guy and you feel like oh I'll take a step down a little bit here but I asked one of the other coaches in the league kind of what they saw they said man Mercer was really good for you last year and I said well you know sometimes you don't get to see that as a coach because you see him too close Mm -hmm. and up personal every day uh but that put it in perspective for me and then watching him this this spring uh he's you know we've got two really good freshmen behind him and uh, Tristan Hickman and, and uh, Parker Ryan, uh, but the gaps there, and I tell people all the time, the, the, the catching position is the toughest position, uh, in my opinion, to make the transition from high school to, to college just because of the speed of the game, the level of arms that you're catching. Um, there's just so much, you know, you, you know, in high school, you don't even run the bases as a catcher. Well, now you know how to run the bases. There's so much more that goes into catching now that they're not, uh, uh, used to and so you saw that with him a little bit but he's been the guy this year that uh, has led the way behind the plate and been that anchor force that we need. Coach I saw in a press release which was really well done of course um, that you mentioned this this group coming in maybe allow you to run a little bit and so that got me looking back to last year's stats. Coach if it wasn't Dylan and, and Patrick and that group that put this out I'd, I'd wonder if it was right 90 home runs that y'all hit and only gave up 24 or 25 and so I'll get to the running piece but good gracious the pop this team yeah. had a year ago and then not giving up uh, the long ball to cancel it out that that stat just jumped off the page. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've been fortunate to do that for the past two years. You know, we hit, I think, 90 um, the last two. You know, when we went to the World Series a couple of years ago with Wiley and that group, I think, you know, Dexter, I think we hit 90 that year as well. Um, and that, you know, both both those teams were a little one-dimensional. Uh, you know, we scored runs, and that's the name of the game, and both those teams scored runs. But, you know, we kind of relied on the home run a little bit uh, at times during those years. This year, we're just excited. We're still going to hit some home runs. I mean, you know, if Tate has uh, – Half the season he had last year, he's going to hit ten home runs, you know, which is a really good, uh, you know, year, uh, you know, for 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 anybody. But uh, you know, Matt's going to, you know, he's got some strength. Um, you know, Ian Mott's an outfielder for us, so we've got some guys that have some 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 power and strength, and and they're going to hit that. But we've also got John Griffin Bell, uh, who I expect to have a better year offensively, who was hurt a lot last year. Um, Gabe Broadus is going to be a lot, you know, he's going to be fun to watch for a lot of people because he's a uh, you know, he's, him and JG are comparable in size, uh, but he's going to play some left field, center field, second base, and he may even move over to shortstop next year uh, when JG's gone. He's that type of player, um, but very athletic can run, uh, and uh, you know we expect him to be a threat on the bases. Uh, you know, I mentioned Ian Montz, um, you know, and then even Matt Mercer. You talk about a guy that runs a six-six for a catching position, so he's not somebody that's going to clog the bases as. 
you know, as a lot of catchers may do sometimes, he's a guy that we um, who who has also worked on that part of his game uh, coming out of high school to where uh, we're not just going to have to just count on that home run. We're going to be able to put some things in motion. Um, we've got some guys that have some pretty good IQ baseball-wise, we feel like, and, and they're learning. And, and uh, But I think it's going to be uh, exciting. Again, the name of the game in baseball offensively is to score runs, and uh, we hope this year that we have – um, you know, a better chance of doing that in in, in multiple, uh, I guess, ways. Mons, you mentioned him a couple times in that answer, Coach. Just going through and looking at his Twitter feed, this kid's going to be, uh, if, if he pans out, if he is what, what he looks to be, going to be electric and a lot of fun to watch, isn't he? Yeah, he was highly recruited out of high school. Um, you know, had had – several you know division one offers and, and just felt like junior college was the best route for him uh he's six three left-handed hitter that can you know he's a six six type runner um can can play all three positions in the outfield um he's got you know maturing just like we all do uh, coming out of high school to do especially from the offensive side but um you know he's he's got the tools that you look for he's he's a, he's a guy that has a chance to be um you know to some level a five tool player he's, he's got some power he should hit it he should run well he, and he defends and throws well so uh we're excited about him uh the thing in the outfield this year for him is uh we've got uh logan walter from pedal who redshirted last year uh and, and has had a good uh, spring and well, early spring and fall for us and also uh, Ryan Burt, and then uh, we mentioned Gabe Broaddus, who will be, you know, Gabe will be in the lineup every day and be either in left field or center or right or second or, or somewhere he'll be playing. Um, so those guys, you know, they don't have to, uh, you know, they got some help. And, and, you know, we've got some options there. That's the tough part of my job mm. this year uh, is is finding the right uh, mix offensively. And then also uh, you know, we've got several arms that really like, you know, their incoming freshmen this year that, uh, so that's going to be the tough part is, is, is filling those blanks and, and, and turning that lineup part in and make it moves. But, um, you know, thankfully we feel like we have some really good players that uh, if they do what they're capable, um, when they get their opportunity, they're going to be five. Coach, when you look at managing uh, games when – the most important games are going to be double headers, right? In your in your district play, state play, however region play, however you want to term that. So the back end of that bullpen and how important they are when you've got two important ball games when you roll out there as as you get past your your non district schedule to start. How important will that be for the Wildcats and what's on that backside? Yeah, and it's 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 um, you know that's when it's really good to have depth. Uh, and we, again, feel like, again, we hadn't played a game. We hadn't seen anybody else that were playing us. One thing people ask is, hey, how are you going to be? Well, we feel good about it. I think a lot of teams feel good about it until you get to see, you know, how good everybody else is and, you know, how you how you play when the lights come on, so to speak. But uh, from what we've seen and, and kind of compare over the years, we really like our depth on the mound. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, the four starters that we mentioned that have all signed Division One. We've also got – uh, Harper Jordan, uh, who's Simon Nichols, who, who redshirted last year, you know, again, made the decision to redshirt because he felt like he had two really good years banking on him. He kind of worked and developed a little more, uh, that first year in college. And, and he's done that. Um, we've got, uh, uh, you know, Byron Robinson, a guy that was throwing really well for us last year. He was electric left-hander, uh, out of the bullpen that, uh, uh, ended up hurting his arm last year and, and so didn't finish the year, but is back healthy. Um, 
you know, guy two two guys I mentioned that have thrown really well throughout the fall that are freshmen. One is uh, Cole Tolbert from uh, West Jones, who had a you know big time uh, high school career for them, and and uh, he's six four, six five, right? He's, you know, low to mid nineties at times, and so it'll be exciting to watch him. And then also Will Passo out of uh, St. Paul's and, and Alabama Mobile area. Um, he's thrown really well, and, and, and Bobby McGee from Pedal and uh, hook, uh, Hooks from from Pedal. Those guys have, uh, you know. There's a few more that I, that I didn't get to mention, and, and uh, you know we're excited about. But no question, when you talk about the the double header is tough, and uh, you can the old saying you can never have enough pitching um, and at any level, but especially when you have to play double headers every time out. Uh, it, it turns into long days, and those guys have to be able to sit and wait their turn, and then when they get their turn, they've got to be ready to we'll take care of business. Coach, when you look at your five years at PRCC, you've got a shortened year in there due to COVID, but I've already gotten 155 wins. When you look at your time prior to Pearl River Community College, I was kind of just digging through and saw a, a short stay there at, at West Alabama and some things that you were maybe – responsible for um, at the very beginning of your coaching career, these steps and the things that have helped prepare you to, to continue. I won't say build this program. I don't, I don't want to slight anybody that's been there, but certainly uh, take the program maybe to a new height and keep it there. But some things that you've learned along the way and, and maybe even starting at that West Alabama uh, stay that have helped prepare you for this. Right. Well, I was I was fortunate to work for Coach Gary Rundles and also Coach Neil Holland. Neil's now at, at East Central Community College, and and uh, we compete against each other uh, in this conference now. But uh, learned a lot about the program for Coach Rundles and, and um, you know how to run the complete program, and, and that you have to involve the community. You know, fundraising, and you know, we we had our first pitch dinner um, this past weekend. Learned that from him and how important that was. Just get the excitement going for baseball season and and uh because uh, these players you know deserve that i know we're junior college but these guys work as hard as as guys at mississippi state or southern miss you know some may even work harder i don't know but i know they work hard mm-hmm. and uh you know they deserve you know the same age uh, you know and um you know so they deserve those same type of uh uh you know uh, events and things that um you know get them and their family out there and so we're you know coach runnels was a guy that you know taught me a lot of that and Coach Holland, I tell people all the time, he's the he's the hardest worker I know. I'll, you know, he'll probably always be uh, that. That's just that's just his DNA and who he is. And, and but but he taught me hard work, and, and uh, so very thankful for those things. Um, one of the things that I you know I feel like is is one of my strengths is just appreciation. Um, and when I'm you know, I'm at Mississippi Delta, we were fortunate to do a lot of things and and uh, met a lot of good people. Uh, we didn't have the resources that we have here at Pearl River. Um, and but but coming here to this place, this place is just special. It's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the administration um, does everything they can to help you. They support you. Uh, they have an expectation for you. That's big. You know they expect you to win, and and, and that's understood. But I'd much rather work at a place where I'm expected to win, and at the same time they help you do that um, versus the opposite. And and uh, that's the big thing as as a person. I try to pass on to our players is is be very appreciative of where you are. Uh, because I feel like if you appreciate something, you're going to take good care of it. It's going to mean a little more to you. Uh, you're going to be bought into it more. You're going to protect it more. Uh, and I think that's one thing here about this place is uh, it's a special place, and, and I'm just very appreciative and, and blessed to be here. 
Coach, last question. I'll get you out of here on this. I know your time is valuable. I talked about some players coming back. You also have both of your assistants coming back. If I'm right, this will be their fourth year to work together under you and Pennington and Lott. How special is that when a program has sustained what you have? It's easy to get those assistants. Uh, somebody will come in and rob them uh, pretty quickly. But to be able to have uh, the same staff together for a nice little run here, how good is that? Well, continuity and, and consistency in the game of baseball, that's, that's where you win. You know, the more consistent team wins, um, you know, you talk, you know, baseball is a game of averages and, you know, and all that. And so when you're consistent, you've got a chance to be successful. And especially when it comes to the coaching side of it, uh, you know, I've been blessed every year that I've been here with, with really good assistant coaches. Um, but these guys, uh, you know, we know each other and, and we know what's expected. And you don't have to go through the turnover and, and, uh, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know, you know, what you want on first and third. I don't know what you want, pitch call and different things like that. Well, these guys, uh, yeah, we still all can improve and, and, and be better. And that's, that's the thing we have to try to do as coaches is make sure that we find ways to get better, that we don't get stagnant. But, um, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, these guys are good friends of mine as well. They're good people. Uh, they embrace what we want um, from a program. Um, you know, we talk about soap in our program. That's our, that's that's who we are. That's our pillar of success, organization, attitude, and pride. Uh, and these guys have, um, you know, bought into that. And we're talking about, uh, you know, I've actually got three guys with now. It's Coach Lott, Coach Pennington, and Coach Times who's been with us, you know, during that time as well. Um, and that's invaluable when you have uh, guys that have been with you for such a long time. And and, uh, and they're still hungry, and that's, that's the thing that uh, – uh, I appreciate, but, uh, you know, we're, you know, they're excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm thankful they're here. Uh, and they, uh, you know, there's no way, uh, we can do the things we we're able to do here without a lot of people trusting and buying in. And, and most importantly, I guess, believing in what we're doing. Coach, good luck, man. Keep it up. Y'all get started on Wednesday afternoon there at the dub. And, uh, I always appreciate the time I get to spend with you. Thanks coach. Avin. Awesome, man. Anytime, and, and if we can ever help, just let us know. We appreciate what you do, and, and, uh, and you do it first class. Thank you, man. Thank you, Coach.